Welcome to Be the Phoenix of Your Own Life, The Feminine Rising. My name is Julie Paulston. I am your host, and I am so absolutely honored that you stopped by. Each week, I'm going to be sharing my own personal journey, and I'm also going to be interviewing some incredible people that will be sharing their journeys as well, in hopes that we can educate, motivate, and inspire you to live the best possible life that you can. So grab your favorite beverage, maybe a snack or two, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Because at the end of the day, this truly is all about you. Well, welcome back to being the phoenix of your own life. I'm so excited. So um, it's really weird how people show up in your life. I'm part of this podcast collaboration group on Facebook. And my guest today, um, I reached out to her because, you know, I like being on podcasts. I think it's fun. This is like the best thing I've ever done. It's so much fun. And I'm, and I'm finding friends like all over the world. So it, it makes it even better. So she asked me to be on her podcast. And I was like, well, you need to be on my podcast. She goes, Julie, I've never been I was like, sweet baby tap dancing Jesus, I am taking your podcast virginity today. So without another moment, um, and I don't read bios. Y'all know this if you follow me long enough. You know, I don't do bios because I don't think I can ever introduce anybody as well as they introduce themselves. And plus, I feel like when I'm reading a bio on air, it feels like I'm reading this. So what she likes is long walks in the park and Mexican food and just healing the world and having world peace. And so, yeah, no. So now I just have everybody introduce themselves. So Lauren, take it away. Oh my gosh. You know what? I actually do like long walks in the park and Mexican <laughs> food. And <laughs> so no, first of all, thank you so much. I, it is an honor to be here with you. I could not have asked, um, like to have a better first podcasting guest experience ever. I'm so excited. <laughs> My name is Lauren Weiss. I am the Empress of Empowerment. I also um, am the founder and CEO of Cycle Align and the Scarlet Sanctuary. I am all about women's empowerment, you know, bringing women up. Um, we all rise. I'm all about, um, you know, really tapping into the taboo of our cycles and what it is to be a woman and to bleed and all of those things. So I, I it's quite a variety. I can't wait to kind of like dive into it, but I cannot tell you how excited I am to be here and have this chat with you. Oh, I love it. So I ask all of my guests two questions and um, I'll never tell you the last question until I ask it. So the first one, uh, so everybody's had been in the shit pit of their life. I mean, hi, if you're more than 18, you've been in a shit pit in your life at one point in time. So what was one of the pivotal times that you were in the ashes of your life and you had to rise and how has it impacted your life now? Oh, that is an incredible question. That's a really, really good question. I've had a couple. Um, I think one was... Right after the birth of my child, my daughter, I was um, like 80 pounds overweight. I was trying to go to college to finish my nursing degree. And I kind of had a nervous breakdown. I, um, I remember the night I was um, all of a sudden I was just talking to someone and I doubled over in some such pain. I thought, um, somebody was stabbing me in the chest. And so I rushed in cause I, you know, I go through all the things I was like, Oh my gosh, maybe, you know, a spider bit me or something. I don't know. I was dying. So I like, ran into the bathroom, like ripped my bra off. And I looked down and I do, I have this horrible blister on, um, my, my right breast. And so I immediately called my, my doctor, my OBGYN. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Some, I am in agonizing pain. I can't put my bra on anymore. I can barely breathe. I don't what, I don't know what's happening. So, um, the doctor called me first thing in the morning and she's asking me all these questions. She says, okay, well, it's either, 
um, this symptom where your the lactation ducts get clogged. And I'm like, well, Jocelyn's like four. She hasn't breastfed in a while. And she goes, okay. <laughs> she goes, okay, well then it's the only other thing is the second thing is, um, metastatic, uh, breast cancer. I need you to come get in your car and come to the hospital right now. So, um, I said, okay, fine. So I get there, I walk in, you know, rip my clothes off and, um, she, she looks at it and she goes, this is, you have shingles. Oh God. I said, what? Oh. She goes, yeah, you have shingles. She's like, you, the way it's presenting is completely opposite, but you have shingles. So that part of my life, I was very, very stressed. Like I, um, I was, like I said, I was going to college. I was a mother. I was being a mom by myself, uh, not by myself. I had my husband, but like, I didn't have any family cause I was moved from Florida to Kansas and, um, I just was not handling the stress well. And so I ended up having shingles six times in six mm-hmm. months. So, um, my doctor said, okay, you need to stop college. You need to just stop period. Cause I was also working at that time. I was, a um, as American sign language interpreter for the school district. So I was working, going to college, was mom doing volunteer work, all these things. And I hated myself. Mm-hmm. I was like done. I remember standing in the shower and I had prepared everything. I, cause I, you know, I was going to nursing school. So like I knew all the things. And so I, I happened to have a, um, a prescription of medication because I had to have uh, a hysterectomy and I was holding that bottle. And I said, okay, I'm just going to go to sleep. So I'm going to take all the medicine. I'm going to go to sleep. So I went and I got in the shower and I took a shower and cause I wanted my body to be clean. So, you know, so I did all the laundry, I cleaned the house and I, I wrote all my letters and I went and took a shower and then I came out and I was about to take all the medicine and I was like, no, you can't, you can't, you can't leave your daughter. So it was really hard. <laughs> it was a really hard thing, but I chose not to, I chose to, um, I chose to flush immediately. And this is really not like for anyone that's listening, do not flush medication down the toilet. (laughs) Our poor fishies. Right. Right. But in that moment, I knew that if I didn't do it and that, if that was not what I did, that I wouldn't be living. And so I immediately got up in that moment and I opened the bottle and I flushed all the, the medicine down the toilet and I got dressed and I was like, I just, this is, this has to be rock bottom. And if I'm at the rock bottom, then the only other way is up. So if I get to rise, if I get to like the Phoenix, right. If I get to choose how I finish the rest of my life, what do I want it to be? Cause the only reason I'm living right now in this moment is my daughter. So what do I want my daughter? What example do I want my daughter to see? Because nothing else mattered. So I sat down and I wrote a list of all the things that I wanted growing up, all the things that I wanted to see, who I, all of the the qualities that I admired. And I said, okay, this is the person that I'm going to become. And I did. That was day one. So I don't know that if that was, that answered your question or not. Oh my God. It's, it's, you know, I asked that question and I, I, anybody that knows me knows I'm a winger. Like I, I don't have prepared questions. That question always, for whatever reason, just divinely guides me down the path that I want to go. And it's funny because I had someone on here two weeks ago that as a teenager, tried to commit suicide. Um, I've attempted twice. Um, Obviously, I was not very successful. Uh, And I understand that that standing in the shower and especially being a new mom and all the hormones, well, I mean, she was four, but when when you get those types of things and I've had shingles, I know how painful shingles is. And when your stress level is so high, 
you don't, people are like, well, why would you even think about that? You have a beautiful child. You have a husband until you sat in the shit pit. You don't understand what it feels like. And you could have the most incredible family in the world, but if you feel like you are worthless and not worthy and that you don't have anything to provide, especially when you have a young child, you get into that headspace that is very, very hard to get out of. And so, I mean, I, I'm so proud of you and I'm so, I'm so glad that you made the choice that you did because I want to hear about your business because so ladies, I don't know. And it's, I love it because I cater to women and guys, if, if, if there are guys listening, you're going to, you're going to hear about reading. So you might want to, you know, fast forward or do whatever, but ladies. So when I, when I met Lauren, she told me that what she does, and it's all about using your menstrual cycle for empowerment and all of that stuff. And my first question was, well, I don't know, they, they took out the playpen. So uh, I don't, I'm like, can, what happens for us? And so through that all day, I've been so excited about this interview because I want to know all about it. And since I know I have a whole bunch of women listening, Lauren, how, first of all, how the fuck did you get started in being excited about periods? I don't right. know any women that are excited. They're like, oh shit, it's my period. It's painful. I want to lay in bed all day. What made you think, oh, well, that's a good thing to empower you. Help, help me with this. <laughs> I know that's a really great question. Cause I, ever since I, like, I have always had issues with my period. And so, uh, with my menstrual cycle and I am the type of person that like looks at a challenge in the face and is like, freaking bring it on. So I remember this one time, it was completely random, but just so you understand the context, it's like when someone was deliberately mean to me and would be really snarky and nasty. And I would, I like walked up to him and I looked and I said, I don't like you and you don't like me and that's okay, but we're going to be best friends. So deal <laughs> with it. And so like, that's how I live my life. Like, <laughs> like, so, um, because my menstrual cycle has been such an issue my entire life, I'm like, I'm going to freaking break you. Like you're going to, excuse my French, but like, you're going to be my bitch. Like we're going to figure this out. And um, Lauren, Lauren, I say the F bomb on here. If I know. You don't ever have to excuse your French or your language. I know. I know. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. Um, no. so I, so kind of like a little bit of history with my own menstrual cycle is that I was the late bloomer, right? I didn't get my period until I was almost, it was the, I turned 16 in October. I got it like almost the last week of August. Right. So I was almost 16 when I got my, my cycle, all my other friends developed, got their cycle, whatnot. And as soon as I did get it, um, it was immediately, just out of the gate agonizing. I would um, bleed for like almost three weeks. I would be passing out. I would have, um, I would break out in cold sweats. I would vomit, double over in pain. I mean, it was just atrocious. So they, uh, I had to go to a very special clinic that only tested for, um, this one bleeding test it's called a time bleeding test and they found out that I have um von Wildebrand's disease which is a bleeding disorder it's a clotting disorder so it comes in and out of remission so there are times where I will not clot or I will clot too much so it's like a protein in the blood so I um I would just randomly bleed almost to death and that was pretty much like welcome to womanhood. Welcome to. <laughs> Can I trade my parts in? Can I be a boy now? <laughs> right. So then on top of that, um, I, they found out that I had endometriosis. So I have endometriosis and it would, I had four surgeries to remove the endometriosis from my internal organs because it was uh, like messing with my digestive system. I was, you know, had other, it was connecting like my 
uterus to my ovaries and it was just a hot mess. So I was told by two different doctors in two different states, I would never be able to have a child ever. Just, it was not, it was not possible for me. I, um, and then at that point I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome, so PCOS. So I had like all these different things and it did, was not fun. So finally, um, I, like I had mentioned earlier, I had gotten to nursing school and I've always been fascinated by the body and I've always been fascinated by biohacking and efficiency. I'm like, oh, we can do this better and we can like do it faster and we can break barriers. Like, let's make it happen. So that is what kind of led me down the whole, let's do a bunch of research on the menstrual cycle. Well, I've also been very much about women standing in their own power, right? Because I feel like I have never been able to really stand in my power. And with society kind of saying, you know, oh, well, women have to be like the good girls, mm-hmm. right? Be nice, mm-hmm. be kind, mm-hmm. be quiet, go mm-hmm. stand in that corner, mm-hmm. just shut up and eat the crumbs that fall down uh, from my plate. So again, as you can tell, I'm like, I break barriers. I'm like, oh, hell no. (laughs) Uh, No, this is not how this is going to be. And so I found this research paper in all of my uh, research. It was a study done, I think, from the state of Arizona. And it was about strippers. Hmm. And uh, right. And it said that with nothing else changed, that the strippers, when they were ovulating, would make like three times the amount of tips during mm-hmm. any other time. That's the only thing that changed. And I was like, wait a second here. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> so I, I like, this is brilliant. Um, so I, I did a bunch of research and started reading a bunch of books. And there's, uh, there's this brilliant woman, I cannot remember, Vidi, I think is her last name, um, Alyssa Vidi. She came up with cycle syncing. And so I did a bunch of research on like the cycle syncing and how I knew the menstrual cycle, right? Because I've been very intimate with that. And um, I'm like, there's a connection here. Society is like, you're disgusting. You're bad. You're bleeding. Go away. Yeah. Whenever that stops, then you can come back into society. But I just need you to know that you're still disgusting because you bleed. Like that's just the way society is. Right. Right. And again, I'm like, uh, no, that's not a great narrative. And now I have a daughter and that's not the narrative that I want my daughter to, to be. To, to, to listen to. I want her to realize that she's a freaking powerhouse and yep. can create life, right? Like she creates life because she bleeds. Yep. Right? Like we are the only animals, only humans, the only creatures that can literally bleed for days, monthly, for years and still create life and not die. Like- Tell me what is more of a badass thing than that. I love that you say that because I remember I said to somebody one time, I was like, why do you want to mess with me? What other creature on the planet can bleed for seven days and not die? You really want to mess with me? And then I can create life and pop out another human being. What do you bring to the to the table? Yeah, exa- literally, exactly. So I wanted to take this thing because I'm always up for a challenge and I'm like this thing, what is the most disgusting thing that society thinks of? And it's this, it's our menstrual cycles. It's a, us that we bleed and turn it around and make it this powerful, amazing, empowering thing, which in reality it is. Mm-hmm. Right? It really is. It, it really it, is. Yeah. And so um, I wanted, I wanted to look at the workforce, the workplace, right? I wanted to take the shame away from bleeding at the workforce. Like, remember when you start, like all of a sudden something happened and you started and you didn't realize you were going to start. So you didn't have anything. And so then you go like, and you have to whisper, do you have anything? Like, do you have a tampon or whatever? And then you like shove it up your sleeve and you have to do this like weird maneuver to try and get into the bathroom because heaven forbid 
that a man sees a tampon or a pad, you know, they might, you know, their eyes might burn out of their skull. So we're doing like contorting ourselves to try to like get to the bathroom and pretend that we're not on our period. I'm like, this is bull crap. No, no, society needs to change. And then on top of that, not only does the culture of working the workforce in that regard needs to change but how we work so that's really what i do is i wanted women to realize that a not only are they freaking incredible amazing human like just that you can produce life and bleed but then taking that and saying hey wait this isn't just for women hey you know guys like you can look at a woman's cycle and utilize it for your business like we can take this and actually make business better. So not just culturally, but like also you can put more money in the bank by utilizing our already natural rhythms. So I know I'm going like really deep here, but and correct me or ask questions or whatever, please stop me because I can geek out about this stuff all day. <laughs> My but, favorite friends are the ones that geek out over stuff all the time. Yes, yeah, awesome. Okay, so we're, we're all like really aware of the circadian rhythm, right? It's 24 hours, circadian rhythm, sun, moon, dance, it's a 24-hour cycle. We all have it, men and women. But what's really cool is that women have a second cycle. So we have a circadian rhythm, and then it's called an infradian rhythm. So an infradian rhythm is anything that's longer than a 24 hour cycle. So we get to not only utilize a 24 hour cycle, but then we can flip it and utilize our 28 day infradian cycle. So if you take a step back and look at the workforce, what is the workforce based on? It's based on this 24 hour circadian rhythm, which is predominantly based or is male dominant, right? So yeah. it's not catering to the woman's 28 day cycle. What happens is a men, men wake up in the morning, their testosterone is at its highest peaks in the morning and it tapers off throughout the day. So in the morning, uh, men, you know, the, they start their day, they have their energy. And as it tapers off, you can notice how society has been built, how the work day has been built. You know, your meetings kind of go towards the afternoon. Like you go, you bust out in the morning, you take care of things. And then you go to lunch, you come home or you, you come back to work and you have more of these meetings. Then they come home and you have more family time. And it's that same rhythm or with your testosterone as it's coming down, right? It's based around their rhythm. But the workforce does not cater around women's rhythms, which is a circadian rhythm. So we have four phases. We have, of course, uh, a lot of people, some people aren't aware of this, but you have um, your first day of your cycle is the first day of your bleed. So you have your menstrual phase, you have your um, follicular phase, you have your ovulation phase, and then you have your luteal phase. So these are the four phases. And with each phase or each of these infradian rhythms, you have these optimal times to be doing amazing things because you have all of these hormones that are rushing around in your body. So you, the four main uh, hormones is your uh, follicular or FSH, which is follicle stimulating hormone, LH, which is luteinizing hormone, your estrogen, and then your testosterone. So throughout your, your menstrual cycle, these four hormones are peaking and ebbing and they're going around and it comes around like every month. It's the same, the same cycle every month, but they're all going up and down. So just like I was mentioning in the beginning with the, the stripper study that I found fascinating is that ovulation time, that's when your estrogen is like at its highest, right? So that's whenever your, um, your egg is released, it's ready to, ready to be fertilized. So you're emitting all these hormones, you're emitting all these pheromones, you're emitting, you're, you ah, have these confidence, right? And it. then people because like this animal piece of us, right? We're paying attention. We're paying attention to that woman because she's standing in her power. She has, she's glowing, 
Like when you look at a woman that's ovulating, she's literally glowing and standing in her power, right? So that's what's an amazing time to really do those things like public speaking, uh, closing those really big deals, right? Like that's that optimal time. Then you have um, like that menstrual cycle. What do we typically do? We don't want to be around anybody. Mm -mm. We want to go like it kind of we go into ourselves. We kind of um, are very introspective. And this is when all of our hormones are like at their least amount. It's like base because this is and we're starting at ground zero. We're going back up. Right. It's like that roller coaster. So you you want to during this time, it's like that great time to kind of release and let go of things, kind of come home to yourself, give yourself like pamper yourself, love on yourself, right? That's what I love about the menstrual cycle. In fact, instead of people, uh, women or those that bleed, like are like, oh, I don't want to, oh, my period's coming. I want people to be excited. Like, oh my gosh, next week my, I'm going to have my period and I get to have like the best self-care week ever. I get to have bubble baths and I get to like go get a massage and I get to have, you know, the chocolate and I'm going to, you know, like I want women to be excited about their menstrual cycle instead of freaking out. Like this is the pause because we don't get to pause. Right. But if you look in history and again, you have to like interrupt me and ask me the question because I will just keep going. <laughs> like if you look back in history, when women bled, when it was their menstrual cycle, they would be sent off to a separate hut or a separate tent. Yeah, and, and sit over a hole. Yeah, and sit over a hole for like three or four days or five yeah. days. <laughs> yeah, but like they would convalesce though. Like it was, it yeah. was their moment where they didn't have to worry about the, the housework or they didn't have to worry about cooking. They didn't have to worry about going gathering stuff. Like this was their pause. And not only was it a moment where they could pause and just like take care of themselves, but most often, you know, our cycles do sink uh, as women and their other women would be in the hut with them, in the tent with them. And they would talk and they would have these feminine bonds and connections and relationships that really fostered community and love and filled a void that I personally feel a lot of women have in culture and society today. Um, so that's like that, that menstrual phase. Like, I think it's so important to really flip the script on that and be excited about it and stand. That's truly when you're standing in your power and loving on yourself. I think right. that's the empowering piece. Then you have like that, the follicular phase, like this is whenever you're going to be um, starting to plan, you get excited again, right? You, you start instead of introspective, you're kind of going back outwards again. So this is a great time for planning, um, going ahead and starting new projects, getting your ideas together and start working on them. Of course, the ovulation, which we've talked about is great for public speaking, closing those deals and the luteal phase because of the certain hormones that are peaking during that time, this is really great when you need analytical. So like if you need to get crunch your numbers, if you want to get super organized, if you need to categorize things, schedule things, like this is the best time to do it is during your luteal phase. And then it kind of comes back together again. So when you're in that flow, right? Like when you're working with your body and in flow with work, things kind of just balance out, but society doesn't allow us to have that. Right. Cause again, no. it's, we're on that circadian rhythm, that male dominant, uh, rhythm cycle instead of the infradian rhythm that we as women work with. And so that's kind of my mission in life is making like work, having women work with their bodies at work and men realizing the power behind that and utilizing that and leveraging that instead of locking it up and making us feel shameful for it. I, you know what, it's funny because I've been doing a lot of research. Um, there's uh, a friend of mine and she was talking about how every 5,000 years, there is a shift from masculine energy to feminine energy. And so we are in the 
I think it's been nine years that we're into the 5,000 feminine energy phase. And so for those that are listening going, oh God, here goes Julian or woo woo shit. Hell yeah, here we go. And it's funny because right now the masculine is going to go out kicking and screaming. It is not going to go easy. And this is where we're seeing it. We're seeing it with the Taliban in Afghanistan. We're seeing it with the governments. We're seeing it with the masculine is starting to lose power and they are terrified. And so they're just going to hang on and kick and scream and, and throw temper tantrums. And what I think is interesting with what you do is along with that cycle, now we're getting more into feminine energy and being 54, I'm not going to be around when it gets all the way into it at the peak of it. Cause that's like, you know, another 2000 years and I'm not a vampire, so I won't be here or a unicorn, but I'm going to pick another life to come back so I can be right in the middle of it. But anyways, focus. So I think it's phenomenal that when you think of those cycles, that embracing that feminine energy, and it's not, you know, I tell people all the time, massages and manicures are great for self-care. Also journaling and reflection and meditation and yoga and those things also really help you to go inside to help. And I have a question because I know you know, I noticed that you said you had emergency hysterectomy. I've had one. And I know there's probably a lot of people that are listening that are going, well, y'all ain't got the, they took out the playpen and all the parts. How do you like embody this power if you don't have, if you don't bleed? Yeah. So, um, kind of want to like bounce off what you were saying is like everything has a cycle. I don't know why we think that we can live without like trying to bust through cycles, but that's when life gets hard is we yeah. don't, when we don't go with the flow in the cycle, but everything has a cycle, like men have a cycle, right? Exactly. Like we have, women have a cycle, a menstrual cycle. Um, water has a cycle, uh, like the bot, like we as living beings has a cycle. Everything has a cycle, right? So when we don't take a step back and appreciate how everything is a cycle, that's when it gets tough is when we're trying to live outside of our rhythms or our cyclic nature. So to answer your question, um, in regards to, you know, us that we don't have, um, our parts, we don't always have to have hysterectomies or those that um, are possibly transitioning or those that are, have actually are gone through menopause and, and have stopped their cycle. It's still important through the feminine energy to stay in that cyclic nature, that infradian rhythm. So what is the one that mimics the most, right? Well, the moon. And you can see that throughout history, right? males are very that 24 hour cycle. Well, what's a 24 hour cycle? It's the sun throughout history. We see that male energy, that male dominant is um, correlated with what the sun, same thing with women. Women are, have that 28 day cycle. Now it can be anywhere from 15 to 34 days, but the average is 28 day cycle. Uh, it is throughout history, this feminine energy, this feminine body is what? the moon. It's correlated and related to the moon. So that is what I use with women is I take their, or those that a lot of times it doesn't, you don't necessarily not have to bleed, but maybe your periods are very irregular. So to get you regular, you can sync with this, the cycle of the moon. So that's what I use as a template. So let's kind of go back to those four phases. Well, guess what else has a four phases? The moon. Um, so we have that menstrual cycle, that very first phase. Well, what is that? That's going to be the new moon, the start of the very first day of the new moon. That's going to be your first considered your first bleed. Then you have the uh, waxing moon, which is going to be the uh, follicular stage. You're going to have the full moon, which is going to be your uh, ovulation phase. And then Whenever you have the waning moon, that's going to be the, uh, the luteal phase. And so 
what I do is I pretty much take the, the phases of the moon and I imprint it and use that as a guide. And even those that are bleeding, if they want to, they can sync with their cycle of the moon. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, well, this is woo. I mean, everything is a little bit of woo if you think about it, but there's actual science to this. If you go back to, like, if you go back through history, you can see a scientific correlation where because of all of the lights that are going on, we as women are kind of out of our rhythms. But years ago, women were synced up with the, the cycle of the moon. It was just the way that it was because depending on the light, would affect the estrogen, which would then affect the melatonin in our brain. Like it's all connected. So it does affect our, our sleeping and everything like that. So there's actual science behind this. So that, to answer your question, that was a really long-winded way of saying that for those of us that don't bleed or are menopausal or um, those that are transitioning that have that feminine energy, any of that, what I do is I take the, the cycle of the moon and I use that as a template instead of your own personal cycle. I, you know, I, when I first met you, I was like, okay, I love her. And the fact that you, I am very, very pro LGBTQ plus I just, the fact that you take into women who are transitioning just makes you even cooler. Um, because I think that that is such a population that is left out because they don't bleed. Um, and I think that sometimes that when they're transitioning, they, they want to have that experience of what that cycle is and you being able to relate it to the moon gives them such a beautiful way of being able to have a cycle to be able to use because most, I have a friend of mine who's transitioning and like she said, is like her hormones, the hormones that she takes to be able to follow along. And uh, I told her, I'm like, well, since I bled for like um, 49 years of my life, um, I know you might want to try it, but you, you really, you really don't. And I remember being a kid when you were saying you slide it up and I, I'm sitting here and I'm actually thinking of how I slid it up my sleeve and you do that kind of weird walk so nobody sees it. But here's the, here's the part that always got me when you are in the bathroom and you're going to like open the tampon wrapper, or you're going to open the pad and it was going to make the noise. And so <laughs> you would like, you would like time a, a well-timed cough so that you could open the wrapping paper. You'd be like, <clears throat> and you would open, everybody knows what you're doing. It has gotten to be such, I don't know where the shame came. Well, I mean. We know where the shame came from. However, it's, it's, I love the work that you're doing because you're, you're putting a spotlight on it and shame only lives in secrecy and darkness. So when you put a big old spotlight on it, there's really nothing to be ashamed of. Because like you said, we're pretty badass. We pop babies out of our vajayjays. So <laughs> I don't know anybody else that can pop something the side of a watermelon out the size of what it is. So, I mean, I think we're pretty badass. But I love that you're bringing light to it because forever I would, I would do the cough so that nobody heard me open my tampon wrapper. I was just, and it, it's so funny that you said that because it just, it just brought back memories of just, you know, being ashamed of having my period. I remember I got it in junior high and, and I didn't know that I had it. And I got up and I walked across the cafeteria and I'd started and I didn't have like a sweatshirt. I didn't have anything. And, you know, as somebody was like, Julie, um, I think you sat in ketchup and gave me the big wink. And I was like, oh, oh my God. And so, you know, it's, you go running for the bathroom and you're asking a friend if they got a sweatshirt and who's, and I, and now we're starting to just see businesses that are putting feminine products in the bathroom. Mm -hmm as free instead of having to, you know, the pink tax. Um, I think we're starting to see that shift. And I think as we get further into the feminine energy, we're going to see a lot more of that because women are getting tired of being shamed for being a woman. We're getting tired of being shamed for being a human being. We're being shamed for having this cycle that 
really, like you said, should be celebrated and honored and treasured and looked at and businesses could really dominate if they adapted that cycle that, you know, when, when you go into menstruation and you actually start to bleed, to be allowed to be introspective and to journal and to see what's going on. And, and then when you come out of that, when you go into the FSH, that you start to see what do I need to do and where do I need to go and how am I gonna do that? And then you get into the phase where, okay, let's crunch the numbers. I think that what you bring to the table, I, I never even knew that this was a thing. I'm going to think that there's a lot of the listeners that are going, this is a thing. Did you know this was a thing? I didn't know this was a thing. So what is your favorite thing about what you do? Oh my goodness. Um, I think, so I know a lot of times when I try to explain it, um, it seems very complicated, but it's not, it really isn't. I think my favorite thing about what I do is when I, I always say this because when I sell it, um, they don't realize this is the piece that they're getting. They think it's all like technical and very like, oh, business. And this is what you need to do for business during da, 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 da. But really my favorite thing is when women actually fall in love with their bodies because you can't help but fall in love with your body and who you are through this work. So I think seeing them kind of buck the system of, um, you know, body shaming and this piece around the period and the menstrual cycle and, you know, us trying to fit ourselves into society's like micro box um, and saying, well, that's all bull crap and like pretty much falling in love with their bodies as they are and how it works and falling in love with themselves and the empowerment and the confidence behind that, I think is the most beautiful piece of my work than anything else. Oh, I love that. And it's, it's funny because what, what you do and with what I do, I clear out the shit pit in your brain, you know, that septic tank in the brain of all of the shame and the guilt and the fear and the anger and the sadness that's been built up over your lifetime. And to, and I get to watch women fall in love with themselves in a different way but you add this to it, you add this component to it to take that last vestige of shame away. It's like, I am woman, hear me roar, watching these women step into power. And, and honestly, I know it sounds cheesy. I know it sounds cheesy. If there's enough women that stand up and say, listen, no, we're not going to play this game anymore. We're not going to do this. You don't get to tell me that I have to be barefoot pregnant and sitting in the kitchen and have you dinner at five o'clock because we're so stressed out as women because we're mothers, we're, we're wives, and then we work, and then we come home and we take care of the house, and then we take care of the kids, and then we cook dinner, and we do all of these things, and we never feel like it's enough. The mom guilt is huge, and we never feel like we're enough, and I think with what you do, it gives you that power to say, you know what, I am enough, and I am okay, and I am going to take care of myself first. And there's, there's no reason why we can't, as women, celebrate each other instead of just always freaking backstabbing. And oh my God, did you see what she was wearing? Oh my God, celebrate yeah. her. No, I love that because I think again it goes back to society, right? They, the societal pressures. I feel like it has um, pitted women against each other. It's like a competition. Yeah. And that's not how we're made. Right. We are made to celebrate and lift each other up. We are made to run in packs, right? We are made to um, have friends and be very communal. Whereas men with male energy, like they're fine being loners, right? They're fine. So if you look at society, we're going against, again, that cycle, right? <laughs> Everything's every cycle. <laughs> so again, we're going against that cycle of being together, being lifting each other up and loving on each other for who you are in this moment. Um, and by kind of taking that shame, I mean, like realizing the amount of power that we have as women is 
like it will blow your mind the amount of power that we have and that in my personal opinion is what scares men scares the world right it, it scares that if we knew how much power we as women have like even just an ounce of it the the changes that we could make and so I, I love how you said that, how like the shame around mom guilt and the shame around like pitting against each other. Let's stop it. Let's stop it and really like come together as a collective, like you were saying. Can you imagine the force? I mean, we are a force, like that power, that positive power, I, the positive pussy power, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, could change the world. I mean, really could. And, and I think that, you know, people laugh and like, oh, the positive pussy. It's, people even have a hard time saying that word because it has been made to be a bad word. But like me, I cuss like a sailor and, and I'm kind and caring and loving. I'll drop the F bomb in a heartbeat, but yet there's, it's so hard for women to say, yeah, so I got a pussy because society has made it this evil thing because of different industries and all of that, that I wish we had time to do, but we don't, but it's all of that. And, and if we would look at each other and it doesn't matter what side of the bandwagon you are, I don't care what instrument you play. It doesn't matter. We all are women. And if we were to see each other, instead of looking at each other as you're black, you're white, you're Republican, you're Democrat, you're this, you're that, you're, if we would start to see each other as a sisterhood, and to start really looking and saying, I see you. And it sounds corny as hell, but like, I see you. I see you and I honor you and honor the woman that you are. There's nothing that we couldn't do to radically change societal boundaries and boxes. And hell, I don't, I don't even know why we need a fucking box. I don't, I don't want to sit in a box. So come together and not have boxes. And stop shredding each other apart too. Like, uh, we're all the things let's stop trying to put ourselves all in these separate boxes. Let's put all of the boxes in one big box and be all the things all the time. Yeah. Because that's what makes us like freaking miracles. And, and what, and it's like in a relationship, whatever you're lacking today, I'm going to pick it up. Mm-hmm. And then, cause tomorrow then I might be lacking it and you can pick it up for me. Yes. And if we, if we stop the competition, and started collaborating, it would just, it would be miraculous. Oh my gosh. I've had so much fun talking to you and I have one last question. Well, before the last question, where can people find you? Because I already know there's going to be people like, Julie, I need to get a hold of Lauren. How do I get a hold of Lauren? Because once again, in my podcast, this is all about you. And I want people to find you, friend you, follow you, go to your course, whatever it is that you're doing. So where did, and people, once again, I sound like a broken record. It's all going to be in the show notes. It's that written thing. When you pull up the podcast, please go look at the show notes, but where can people find you, Lauren? Thank you. Um, So the easiest, best way to find me is the Scarlet Sanctuary. Uh, That's S-T-H-E-S-C-A-R-L-E-T-S-A-N-C. T-U-A-R-Y on Instagram. So the Scarlet Sanctuary, Scarlet Sanctuary on Instagram is the best place to find me. But if that's too hard to find me, you can always go over to cyclealign.com and that is my website. So that has all my other information as well. And I will have all of the links down in the show notes so you can go find her friend, her follower because she's super cool. Plus she's adorable and she keeps orchids alive. I don't know how she does it. I just, I just really don't. So I have one last question for you. So we talked in the beginning about being in that, standing in that shower and just not being there, you know, just wanting to not be here. So there's going to be women that are listening to this and they're like, oh yeah, okay, Julie, that's great. You and Lauren are, you're just having so much fun, but I'm literally dying inside and I don't know what to do. I can't celebrate this. I, I just don't. I don't know what to do. What is one thing that you would tell somebody that is really struggling right now to help them take that first step? So many things. (laughs) Uh, I know you said one thing, but there's so many things. 
I think the first thing is that we need you and we love you and you're important and you're worth it. So I think that's the first thing. Um, the second thing, I know you only said one, but I'm going to do a bunch, um, <laughs> is that don't worry what's going to happen tomorrow and don't worry about what's happened yesterday. You're amazing right now in this moment and that's all that matters. So just be who you are right now in this moment, which is a lot easier said than done, I know, because I love both, both in the future and in the past. Um, and breathe. I think if you could do an action, if there's an action you can take, you know, be kind to yourself and give yourself grace. You're alive and that's a miracle in itself. And um, I think find one thing that I know, again, this is cliche, but find one thing that can be, you can be grateful for. And it doesn't have to be huge and amazing. Like if it's that your feet hit the floor um, this morning, be grateful for that. If you got to have a really great cup of coffee, which is honestly my number, my literally my number one and number two thing every day is that <laughs> I get to have a great cup of coffee. I'm super grateful for that. And that I get to take naps. Like those are my, <laughs> my biggest things. So if you could find just little things that you're grateful for, um, and pick three of them every day, then, and just every day, just do that for like 21 days. That's just do that, but you're amazing and you're incredible and you are needed and we love you and you're important. That's what I want. I, that's, that's what I would tell someone. Uh, I love the universe. The universe brings everybody to my life that I need. And this has been amazing. I am so excited and I'm so excited that I got to break your podcast virginity girl. Woo! <laughs> I was like so surprised when I was like so have you been on you're like no I've never been on one I was like oh now you are so I would encourage you to go look up Lauren at the Scarlet Sanctuary and if you can't find the Scarlet Sanctuary then go to cyclealign.com and it is Lauren Weiss and is w-e-i-s-s and as always, if you love this podcast, please feel free to share it, download it. The more women that can hear this, the more that they will understand that we are miraculous creatures, that we were designed, we are made of stardust and divinity. And once you can reclaim that divinity, there's nothing that you possibly can't do. And if you could only see the light that shines out from your eyes, you would never doubt your greatness again. And with that, my friends... Thank you for hanging out with us. Lauren, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I'm so excited. I get to call my mom and tell her I found a new friend and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. I appreciate you and remember you are loved, you are treasured, you are adored, you are worthy, and you are so more than enough. I hope that you were inspired. And if you were, please feel free to download, share, and leave a comment. I would be eternally grateful. Thank you so much and have an absolutely magical day.